to another episode of Two Scout Geeks. My name is Joey Galvez, and I'm here with my good buddy, John P. How's it going, man? Hey, man. Pretty good. You? It's been a wonderful week. We were talking a little bit before we jumped on on the air, and we've both had some crazy weeks. But hey, we got uh, the holidays coming up. We got Thanksgiving, which is this week. So happy Thanksgiving early. Yeah, I'll, I get to say that a little early because this is out on Monday, right? And it's this yes. week. That's we got Turkey Day this week. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody, all our listeners out there. And uh, man, dude, you got anything cool coming up for? I mean, I know it's a little weird. We got Thanksgiving in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I mean, time will tell. Like, I've got multiple plans set up because I and I've I've heard that from a couple people too, yeah. where they're like, "This is what we're doing." But if this happens, this is what we're doing. Yeah. It's like everyone's kind of like making backup plans for oh, Thanksgiving. Yep. They're like, you know, mm-hmm. it may change. Yeah. So so we kind of had to backpedal a little bit and do that ourselves here in the Galvez family. We actually we had we had plans. We had my brother and his family coming over and uh, and, and my mom and a uh, and handful of uh, family coming over and all this stuff. So we were going to have a big blowout Thanksgiving. Finally, at our house, we get to host, right, for the first right. time that we get to host in our home. And unfortunately, because of this crazy virus is ramping up here in Arizona, we had to backpedal and say, uh, sorry, guys, we can't do that because, number one, my mom has had COVID and she cannot catch it twice because mm-hmm. she's still reeling back from some of the residual uh, things that are going on with her lungs and stuff like that. So she can't catch it again. She's So she's like extra, extra cautious this time around. Uh, we have a new baby in the house, so we definitely can't do that. So it's not, it's, it's, it's a crazy and wild thing, but so now we had to backpedal and now it's just going to be us and our immediate family. We might do like a zoom call and you say hi to all the family throughout the country and stuff like that. But yeah, we had to have a backup plan. Oh, absolutely. Cause right now we're still planning on going to a family's house, but there's a couple of people COVID testing right now. So that's like, yeah. we have to make sure everybody's clear first because same thing, a lot of people can't afford to get it. Yeah, and that's the big thing. I we definitely can't afford it in our home, because uh, then, uh, you know, right now, unfortunately, I'm the only one that is working, and I cannot be out of work because then right. we're kind of SOL. But anyway, let's not, uh, you know, let's keep this on a positive because today we have two great books that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about two new books that just came out this last week. We're going to talk about the Recount and Children of the Grave. I got to tell you, John, uh, I, I did not have any bad things to, to talk about these two books here at all. I was I was a little not weary of Children of the Grave, but I just didn't know what to expect. Um, I, I, I on purpose did not go and look at the synapses for this one until we actually read it on purpose because I wanted to be surprised. And boy, was I surprised. I liked it a lot. Recount. Yeah. Ugh, recount, dude. Recount's easily one of the top books of the year though oh yeah it just everywhere right now and recount is killing it jonathan hendrick killed it on this book man like it is so good i was fortunate enough for him to kind of give me a press copy long ago when i had him on my other show 
And oh man, it was so good when I read it the first time, and it was so good when I read it around this time to talk about it now here on Two Scout Geeks. But John, let's jump right in this here. We're going to be talking right. about the recount first. And I want to give you guys the, the, the synapses, the log line, the what it's all about right here really quick. So it's written by Jonathan Hedrick, illustrated by Gabriel Ibarra Nunez. After the assassination of a U.S. president, the conspirators turned their sights on all who helped him get into power. By this, they mean to kill everyone who helped him ascend to presidency including the ordinary citizens who elected him, essentially plunging the entire country into civil war. Meanwhile, the vice president, one of the few survivors of the executive branch, struggles to prevent the nation from a descending into chaos. Oh, man, this is this just tells you everything about this book right here. John, I, I need to know your first impressions of this book when you read it. Oh, this book, this book is uh, it's perfect. Um, like it's cause, uh, I always say like when I read a book too, I want there to be balance. Like, I don't okay. want to feel like there's too much of like somebody's views coming through or like, cause it's a political book also. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to read it and feel like it's bashing a certain side or certain people. Yeah. Like this is a book that just straight up says like there was corruption and People are saying it's done. And what happens if people <laughs> finally go off the the end saying we're done with it? And it's yeah. so many balancing pieces. And just mm-hmm. in the first issue alone, I mean, even in the ash can, I love yeah. the ash can because the ash can, how it brought you into the story and told you how um, the person that assassinated the president, how they got him to do it. Uh-huh. The He was corrupt himself. Uh, oh, and, wow. and I've liked a couple of books that actually from Scout have done this, where it's like there's more to each character and each reason and each thing. I actually have not been able to read the Ashcan, but when I was speaking to Jonathan Hedrick, he said that, you know, usually in an Ashcan, they usually give you like the first uh, four to five pages and then they kind yeah. of give you a background. He said, no, this one is actually kind of like a prelude or a, a pre story to the recount. And yeah. I was really interested. I still have not yeah, picked the, up my the ash can's can. honestly really good because now yeah. it was good. But now that the first issues come out, it's really good because it really set up how the, the mm-hmm. book starts. And it gives you an idea of like the planning that's going into all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to give way too much about this story. But yes, uh, obviously, we see that there's an assassination of a president and a vice president who happens to be a female. Does that sound ring a bell? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, but I really hope this doesn't happen because of my, anyway, I'm not going to get into my political views. <laughs> <laughs> well, that but that but that's the part I loved about it is that one, we got a female, yeah. which is always great because I always said mm-hmm. like female leads and character in books yeah. are great. But yes. also that w- what I love about it is, like I said, it doesn't point out a section. It just point because yeah, this yeah. also came before all that. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it really just points out like what happened if there was a corrupt side yeah, and it was so yeah. bad that people said we're done. Yeah, and it's yeah. just a crazy good story. And what a concept uh, that we get this assassination and the conspirators who, you know, assassinated the president are out to get everybody who put him into office. Like I was like, whoa. And then, which is crazy. Yeah. And, and, and that point where they actually do tell us that, that even the people who voted for him, uh, were going to get, uh, you know, come out, get somebody to come after them. And, 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 but, 
but this is the thing. I was like, well, number one, how I didn't read on when I thought about this. I was like, well, how did they know that they voted for him? And then the next panel, they drop exactly how they know. I'm not going to give it away because I want people to read it because this is such a good one. This is one of those books where I don't think we should give anything away. You got to go out. No, no, definitely not. And, and, and like I said, that is the, it's in the writing. Like the fact that we're not going to say anything because it very well plans out like how every, Uh everything is like he thought of the little pieces. Yeah. And that was the big thing. What's interesting is when they dropped that information on us on how they know everybody voted, I looked and I said, Oh wait, people, if the, if all they do is look at my possible, um, if, if they just, just go win onto the internet and, and looked at some of my stuff, they would know who I voted for too. I, that's really interesting to to know that concept. And I was like, oh man, I should should I go and like erase everything that I talked about because <laughs> I don't want this to happen to me. But it is, and unfortunately, because of the 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 uh, landscape of after this election that we had here in RL, um, I I kind of did. I wanted to reel back some of the things that I said on on social media, and I started be, being very aware of some of the people who were against the things that I said on social media. And I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. we need to be very careful what we say when we walk out of this house because there could be people who want to retaliate against you. So this kind of book really does uh go very well with the climate that we're in right now. So I thought it was really interesting and how perfect this book it got pushed back because of the pandemic. But yeah. how perfect was it that it landed right here in our laps just after the real yeah. election? Because that's what I always say is like, because um, even at most jobs, they tell you that it's like, watch what you post because, you know, oh, yeah. we see it even. And it's one of those things. It's just that simple. If you put something like overabundant or hateful on there, yeah. you, millions of people see it. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah. So it's very easy to get that concept of like, well, you posted mm-hmm. it. It's there. So what did you think about this artwork? The art's fantastic. Um, I forget uh, oh, the artist, uh, what other book they did. Okay. But it's it's one of my favorite uh, styles. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, I forget which. I think they're the one that did Graveland. I think I think so. I think so. I think we talked about yeah. Graveland last time. Yeah, last that time. was right. It was yeah. Graveland. And mm-hmm. I love it even more here because there's because uh, like Graveland doesn't have uh, much colors. It's more uh-huh. toned back. But the uh, the style in here, I think, feels uh, very good for the book because uh-huh. there's a lot more grit to it. Yeah. It makes more of a sense of like there's because uh, I also say a lot of times where it's like when there's more of a this kind of style, like gritty style to an art, mm-hmm. it only fits to me when it fits the writing. And yeah. that's definitely what this art does. Yeah. And, and this is a slightly different style from Graveland. Um, I think this is the lines are a little bit cleaner. The uh, the oh, yeah. angles are a little bit more uh, uh, uniform, which is not bad. I think it's amazing. I do like his style on Graveland as well, but Graveland is a little bit more um, not as uniform and not as tight and clean as this one is. But th- that's not saying that this is absolutely clean. This is that he still keeps his style. But I, I love this, man. Um, artwork is one of those biggest things that kind of pulled me to this to this actual book here and obviously talking to jonathan hedrick he's dude he this is a phenomenal uh first issue from him well and the big thing with jonathan hendrick too is like uh i i guess i got introduced to him before a lot of people are right now with this yeah because he did uh 
freak show he did well he just had freak yeah. show night that yeah, came out freak show night and then uh freak show princess which, yeah freak show princess was the first one i read and yeah. what i said from freak show princess is that book alone is one of the best written comics that's oh, yeah. At, yeah. for what i thought was a a mm-hmm. one shot of an emotional yeah. piece that touched on so many different things so Going into this one also, I knew I was hooked on what Jonathan Hendricks does. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that book alone was so well written. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I and that's what I think has got me so hooked right now to see where this goes with uh, mm-hmm. the recount because I can see how well of a story he can write, even in a short distance. Yeah. Giving him an entire series to write out something oh, yeah. with yeah. more of a world to play with, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm already hooked. Like, all right, where are we going? <laughs> yeah and, and and the stuff that he's coming out with very soon we have some insight into what he's doing with a little bit of stuff with brian silverbacks who we're talking to here at the end of this episode um so and and we may or may not be talking a little bit about that so you'll you'll just have to listen to find out uh but they have some really great stuff coming out very soon uh we're not this is not the end of of jonathan hedrick after this series well I mean, honestly <laughs> after the recount and even the stuff he currently has i would not be surprised if jonathan hedrick's name is something we're hearing a lot i've heard some people on social media say that he's the new donny cates i hope so oh yeah he's he's on his way to do something amazing and if he i mean he's already done amazing things and and this i think just kind of solidified it wrote it in stone here um, oh yeah so I, I keep keep it up, man. I'm I'm all in on this one. I'm uh, I'm actually I'm going to go subscribe to my uh, to my uh, to this entire series. Uh, I hope everybody does too. But guess what? On ScoutComics.com, it's completely sold out. You can't grab it. So it's you, you, you all you, all you, of them. You might need a look around. You you know I think they still have web store. I know I think they still have the nope, silverbacks. It's gone. Uh, the web store is gone nope, too. Gone. I literally just looked so, like so like an hour before we got yes. on here. So yesterday they had uh, the regular cover again because that had sold out. So I guess they wow. had some extra issues they okay. were holding that they were they had they were out of the web store and they had a retailer. Then at the beginning of the day they had I think the web store and the retailer, uh-huh. and now they're out of all of it. Wow! Because literally just an hour ago, when you and I were talking about and planning this episode. I was looking and I was like, uh, I think I'm going to go grab because we got the, we got a Woodall cover, which is the web store exclusive. Mm-hmm. And we have a Silverbacks cover, one. which is the incentive cover. And I was, and which I, I'm getting signed. And I actually have mine. Yeah. I have one come. I have it. I think I've got two or three of those, uh, Silverbacks covers coming. So I may have a couple. We'll talk about that. I don't want to sell anything on here, but I may have a couple. Yeah. Well, and, and they've already started talking about because Jonathan Hendricks already started posting. Yeah. That the covers are blowing up. The oh, Alan they, they Kwan are. They are. Uh, uh-huh. cover is now at a ninety dollar cover. Oh, the yeah, the yeah, yeah. Brian Silverbacks I think is now at forty thirty oh, or forty. Yeah. yeah, it and the Rich Woodall I think is t- up to twenty five thirty now. So the Brian um, Silverback cover. What's funny about that one is before the book was even released, before release date, Silverbacks cover was at thirty bucks. Like people yeah, were like it was true. at thirty bucks, and then now that it's released, it's it's gone up another ten. So yeah. um, crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah, because they were talking about that. Because some of the retailers were talking about that. They said yeah. 
they hadn't even received their books yet. And some of the stores that they know were already selling it at 30. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the book, we don't even have the book yet. Like they're pre-ordering <laughs> the book at $30. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And I have not, I don't know, in, in the in the many years that I've actually bought books and, and pre-ordered books, I've never seen it like that. Uh, like, no, no, not uh, you get the rare occasion, but usually uh-huh. that's for like rare incentive, rare incentive covers. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're talking like it's like the retailer incentive. They kind of can just order the copies they need of it. Or like the no, one. No, it was just like they could and like the bam, one in twenties already... or the one in tens. I mean, yeah. One in tens, I see that happening a lot. Um, yeah. because obviously it's one in ten and you only maybe get one per store or one per store incentive. So <laughs> like I don't that's but this is crazy, man. So um uh, really cool, dude. Really cool. I'm excited for that for these guys. Uh I'm all in. Uh, you'll, you will possibly, I don't know. We've never like talked about, uh, issue two or three on the show. Maybe this one might be one of the first ones where we talk about issue two. I think, I think this is going to have to be, cause I think with how big this series is, we've got to, we've got to talk about it. Yeah. Possibly. But at the same time, there's a couple of series that we've done that. Like we've even brought up, like when I think grit and Atlanta mm-hmm. had their second issues, we yeah. didn't review yeah. them, but we were talking about it. Oh yeah. On we'll, the episode. We'll, we'll so be but I think it. this is one we're, gonna have to oh yeah we're gonna have to do it definitely man i don't have anything else to talk about this because i want people to go out there and and grab this up and if you guys can uh put it on your christmas list and hope (laughs) santa can deliver it otherwise uh you're gonna have to wait for probably an issue uh second printing which they haven't said yet but you know it's coming oh yeah so and and maybe santa is jonathan hedrick right now because he might have some uh uh, no nope (laughs) no he doesn't have any i messaged him Wow. Even his comps are gone. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He had, he said he had, he's every single comp he has is, is taken. Wow. And you know what? I spoke to, I spoke to, I spoke to Silverbacks and Silverbacks did not even get any comp. That's, that's how hot this book is. All right, man, let's go ahead and uh, move on to Children of the Grave. Number one. All right. So we're going to talk about Children of the Grave and this is my pick for the week. Um, uh, kind of, you know, cause we had three releases this week, right? We had the recount, we had Frank yeah. on the farm at home on the farm mm-hmm. and we had children of the grave. Yeah, definitely. We're going to review Frank at home on the farm. Oh yes. But I wanted to give some love for this book because yeah. I think out of the three, this was the one that, um, released, but even the, one of the creators, I think it was Ben Roberts, who I follow was saying that this book possibly could have got, was supposed to get pushed back because they were oh. having print issues. Okay. So it was one of those things where this one was, I felt like, like it released and it's like, oh no, I hope people realize it came out. But so for the synopsis <laughs> yeah, yeah. of it, it's uh, written by writers are Samuel J. Romsberg uh, from Among the Willows and Ben Roberts and artist is Gio Flip- Filippo, I butcher names, apologies, uh, 30 years into the future, Earth as we know it has been reset. The new age of humanity is about to enter its third decade. These new humans lead blissful lives, unaffected and unaware of the issues that plagued the world before them. Inhabiting the land known only as Terra, all their needs are provided for by forces they do not know or understand. Bountiful crops seemingly grow themselves, while electricity and running water systems remain miraculously intact and maintained without any human contact. All of this is credited to what the new humans have coined the Providers, a divine and watchful entity and the source from which all humans are created. Humans arrive on Terra as infants with no memory or sense of blood-bound family. On Terra, the humans are all children of the providers, and they live their lives accordingly. 
There is no hardship, no pain or suffering. And above all else, a mutual understanding that there is no questioning of any of it. All of Terra's children abide by this code, except for one. Daniel is the exception to the new world. Driven by angst and starved for answers, Daniel has spent his life on Terra, challenging the status quo and demanding more than what he has been shown. His days are spent searching for remnants of the old world, constantly piecing together a puzzle for no one cares to exist. Armed with unfaltering determination and a hatred for complacency, Daniel sets out to leave the people of Terra behind in search of life of truth. However, the truth he uncovers reveals that there was never a chance of life at all. An evil is looming and humanity is doomed to disappear once again. That man. is one of the longest log lines, but that's why I like I love this. <laughs> oh man, this one. Oh man. This one was so good. Yeah, that was kind of a long one. Yeah. So so for me, and, and after watching some of the posts, because uh Ben Roberts owns his own comic store. Okay. You can tell this yeah. is, uh, or works at a comic store. Apologies. I don't know if he owns, he works at it. Uh, but the, you can tell this is somebody who loves old sci-fi stuff. Oh, yeah, like some yeah. of the old, like, mm-hmm. uh, like all that stuff, Twilight Zone, all that stuff where mm-hmm. it's just like, Ooh, mystery, crazy stories and stuff. Like yeah. I love this. Cause at yeah, first yeah. when the, the ash can for this came out, it, it was assumed from the ash can, which I believe also is one of those where it's uh, the first few pages, but okay. it's from the ash can. You assume it's like a zombie book. Cause it's like, Oh, uh, everything's kind of like shut down of like places. Mm-hmm. It seems like they broke down. Yeah. So it felt like a zombie book. Now that the first issues out, especially it's so much more. And yeah, I, I yeah. just love it. This one, this one's so good, dude. I, I liked it a whole lot. Like I am a sucker for like post-apocalyptic movies and shows and, 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 yes. and comic books here. So when, when you said I want to do children of the grave and I was like, okay, cause I really wanted to talk about Frank at home on the farm because that, that log line really got me too. And I was like really interested yeah. and I was like, well, what's going to happen here? But when I read the log line for this one, I didn't, I didn't actually read that big, huge long one that you did. I wrote, I read the smaller one because, you know, yeah, yeah. Scout usually does the big, huge, long one, and then they, they do a smaller one, too. Um, the smaller one gives you less, but it reels you in really good. And I was like, oh, this one sounds really good. And once I got into it, I was like, oh, wow, this this is really good. Uh, this is right up my alley. This is something that, I, that I'm going to grab. So I'm actually going and go purchase it right now because it was not on my list or my radar. I don't know why. Um, and it should have been because this is something right up my alley. Yeah. And well, and that's what I said, like all three books that came out this week, like are just that the recount we knew was going to be huge, but yeah. the children of the grave and Frank at home on the farm are just books that are just like great sci-fi, yeah. like insaneness and i just wanted to talk about this one because i felt like out of the three this was the one that was getting the less of not the less of attention just i felt like because of like how release dates worked and everything it might have been out of the three the one that kind of like Mm -hmm. got pushed back so i wanted to bring this out because it's like this is such a good story yeah I like the real like sepia tone uh, to this book. I like the feeling that it gave me. There were some areas where there was a lot of dialogue, but it didn't, yeah. it did not take away from the story and it did not kind of like, uh, I like to use the word muddy because it did yeah. not muddy yeah. the waters here. Um, it was, it, it's, it made me feel like I was like, okay, this is perfect enough that I understand 
when people don't like that there's a lot of dialogue on the page. Uh, but uh, this dialogue was was perfect enough and just enough that I was like, okay, uh, they're really, really teaching me about this world here, and they're really reeling me in. I like Daniel. He's he's the kind of mm-hmm. person that I th- I think I would be, but maybe in reality I wouldn't. Maybe I'd be one of the people who fall in line. That sucks, right? But anyway, um, I would I want to be like him to kind of to kind of question it. And in this case, you know, he's questioning it for the right reasons because we find out some things in this book that that this world is obviously we get this feeling that there's that this world is not as it seems there's something off and he knows that there's something off and we find out just a little bit but it's a big huge thing at the end here and it, and I had to actually go back and read a couple different pages like I had to go back and read the last two or three pages and I was like wait what the heck did I just see um what I had to yeah. comprehend it yeah like it was such a, a, a jump at the end and yeah. it was perfect. Like, and yeah. like you said, like the story, like we've talked about where like writing can sometimes feel like it gets in the way. Uh-huh. This one, it felt like the world, like it was, you kind of like not just had to read, but where like, it felt like it was just part of it. Like you didn't mm-hmm. feel forced. It was just flowed with it. Yeah. I needed but, more. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. And that final part where you're just like, what the yeah cuz cuz <laughs> i i needed more and i was like wait tell yeah. me more tell me what else is going on i need to know who 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 what where what is this going on and, yep. and why is this happening cuz that's weird cuz yeah they're crops they're harvesting their crops they don't know how or who or what is planting them or if anybody uh nobody's attending to them uh the electricity we all know you need to have some kind of plant or some kind of way that these that that creates yep. this there's some this, kind of this, system there's some kind of system but these people literally they just live and they just do and they have no idea what else is going on around them and and they they people just show up and that's all they know they don't know anything else other than that the life that they have on Terra and uh, they don't have a mother or father. So they just live their lives. And I get the sense of that. There's nobody over the age of 30 because they call the oldest person, uh, elder brother Cruz. And he's mm-hmm. turning 30. I don't think that's, I, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler. Um, but wow, <laughs> really interesting here. Um, yeah. I, I suggest you guys go out and grab this one because it is definitely it's a post-apocalyptic world. It's nothing like I've seen before. And I've read a lot of those kinds of books. I've watched a lot of those shows and TV shows and movies and all that stuff. Uh, this is this is like something I've never seen. Um, so it's a really cool concept. And it's uh, it's just one of those things like because uh, I attach to creators, too when I see their passion for the book and I just Ben Roberts, when he talks like posts about his book and everything, the excitement you feel. Oh yeah. Cause there's a couple of people I've done that with where it was like their excitement for the book. Um, just made me be like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. So it was one of those things where it's like, I was ready to go for this book. And just once it finally hit, it was like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Giole Filippo, great, great artist. Awesome, awesome, mm-hmm. super great team, man. They all worked very well together. I gotta get hand it, hand it to the art. The art is really awesome in this, and and that's one oh, yeah. of those things that that pulled me in because those sepia kind of tones and those darker, 
it really it made me feel like everything was old and rusted and crusty, you know. So yeah, yeah. So I I liked it. I liked it. Really good. Really good sci-fi tell. Yeah. I, I also want to point out because I like when they slip in something that's in there that is just cool. Um, that uh, Daniel's uh, obsessed with uh, Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and <laughs> that was pretty cool because it shows it a couple of times it shows like a poster on the wall and then yeah. it shows like he's playing a cassette tape uh for which uh most of the viewers i want you to know a cassette tape is what you used to play music on uh it was a thing that you had to rewind and play and cassette fast tape. forward to get to stuff dude, um, like this is the future dude what are you talking about <laughs> there's no what is a cassette tape <laughs> yeah but i also love that too because it was like such a callback to like old school like yeah. listening to music it's a yeah. walkman kind of like the you know like the i think why people like really loved like the guardians of the galaxy with uh star lord yeah. when he plays yeah. the walkman just because it was like hey such a callback right so but i, I just loved that taking it old school man <laughs> yeah so i had to point that out because i love little like little throw-in things like that yeah. they're just so cool yeah, really cool, man. All right, let's go ahead. Let's let's move on to some news. We don't have too much uh, news, we but we do have some books that were announced uh, that are going to be coming out here in the next few months. So I'm really excited about that. John, will you will you talk to us a little bit about the news? Well, so we got uh, three books they really uh, just we're talking about right now that are coming out. We got um, Black Friday. Yeah. which is Black Friday is the biggest shopping day of the year. Millions of Americans pack the aisles and retail outlets all over the country battling for the best bargains. Is it? Well, an unlikely <laughs> cleanup crew deals with the aftermath of the latest oh. Black Friday frenzy. They discover the year's pent up negative energy has released something very evil and dark into the superstore, which is just the corporate, just the way corporate wanted it. Oh. it, it just, you and I have both worked anyone retail. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who's worked retail, come on. <laughs> you and I have both worked retail in the past, and we've both yep. worked Black Friday. So when they talk when they talk about the cleanup crew, oh man, we know exactly what that is. And you're like Black Friday is the like it's the one day that you really want to try to get out of, but your work when you're in retail, they don't let you. <laughs> That's the one yeah. one day that they're like, sorry, all all hands on deck. <laughs> so yeah. you got to be there so that one up. they oh, they so uh bad. did uh i don't know if i got a log line offhand for it but for the, which one uh the shepherd oh is the shepherd. uh yeah also yeah. been because but i think we've talked about that one quite a bit yeah uh, I, think I think so. it's one of the bigger titles that are coming from black caravan another one of their titles that's attached to that I have um, the log line here. It just looks so good. Oh, I have you the do? quick okay. log. It says, grieving his son's tragic death, a professor begins hearing his boy's desperate cries. Recklessly, he enters the afterlife, seeking his son, exacting revenge on those responsible for his boy's death. Uh, interesting. That sounds really cool. I'm really interested mm-hmm. in that one. Uh, you got co-writers, uh, Andrea uh, Lorenzo, Molinari, sorry guys, I'm really bad. And Roberto Xavier Molinari, really interesting. We'll probably get into that a whole lot more when that book comes out. Oh yeah, and then the last one was um, Black Cotton, which is definitely one I think that'll be cool because it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say one of the coolest things is getting a different perspective, and that's what the, yeah. this book will definitely be. Uh, set in an alternate reality where the social order of white and black is reversed, oh. uh, and 
elitist family, the Cottons, are rocked by a tragic shooting that begins to unravel long-standing family secrets that could not only destroy the family, but also to divide the fragile social climate of the world. So this um, one's really weird. I don't know how I'm yeah. going to get into this one. because It's going to be weird, but it's. <laughs> I, it, I feel like it's one of those stories that it's the kind of thing I think yeah. that needs to happen. You think so? Because I think it's, well, in a sense of like, Sometimes when it's hard to see somebody else's perspective, okay. all right, well, let's switch the roles okay. and see how you see yourself in this role uh, and how you see yourself in this okay. role. That's what, that's what I kind of get from the sense of and the, maybe what the that's story what they're trying like. to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I read it, I was like, Ooh, how's this going to sit? I, I, maybe I went to like the negative real quick, real too fast. And I was like, because obviously uh, the role, the, the roles are reversed. You got the, the African-American or, or the colored people who are, who are the predominant race or the predominant color mm-hmm. of race. And then you have the people who are not of color, who are the minority in this book. Yeah. So uh, maybe my mind went to the negative and I was like, Ooh, I just really don't want, well, cause I kind of, cause I'm a person one of, the of things color. And I, I, was like, I also looked up first too, as I started looking into, uh, I don't have their full names, but yeah. uh, on the scout uh, cover, it says Foreman yeah. Hawkins, Peringi, and Zamora. Is I started looking at the creators and uh, who they were, so it it's starting yeah. to make sense to me a little bit more. So it does look like it's one of those things where it's like you got to look at it as like it's trying to give people the perspective yeah. of the opposite side, maybe to give yeah. you that. Yeah, but so, it yep. does it does look very interesting. It's definitely something that uh, I don't know if it'll be one of the most successful titles just because I think there'll be a lot of people who will ease back a bit from it. Yeah. But I think it could be one of those stories like that will definitely be one of those ones we'll talk about after where it's like, wow, I didn't think it'd be like this. So you got Brian. So L. I'm very Hawkins. interested. Brian Hawkins. Yeah. I'm, I'm about it, dude. I'll, I'll check it out and I'll read it. I, I, and I think after thinking of it from a different perspective, like you, like you helped me realize here, I think that p- might possibly be where they're going with this, uh, helping people to see a different perspective from the social order, kind of like that. Because I yeah. think we all need to do that. We all need a le- little bit of that, right? Um, yeah. You know. So, so, um, yeah, man, I'm all in on this book. Yeah. And, so and cool. that's at least what I see from it. So, well, I guess time will tell. And you know, yeah. maybe we'll, uh, maybe we can contact. I'll, you know what? I'll do that. I'm going to yeah. contact the writer and see if we can get him on sometime. Yeah, let's talk you know, to Brian. just to just to see if we can get him because you know this is coming out. Maybe he does want to see, give people an idea of what the actual book is for, and we'll get yeah. uh, a better uh, insight into it. Yeah, let's we'll ta- let's talk to him. Let's get let's get it all from straight from the creator because yeah. because we could we could speculate all day long. The last thing I want to bring up is James Hayek posted a picture or solar flare posted, but he posted cause you know, he writes solar flare is they've got a solar flare box coming out just uh-huh. like the, the black caravan box yeah, that just came nice. out. Nice. Um, but in the picture, because because you know they i, I don't know yeah. i feel like it's a scout thing now i thought it was a silverbacks thing but apparently it's just a scout <laughs> thing to tease things before they're there <laughs> is in the picture it shows solar flare it shows lawn lost smoke town and mind venture all uh-huh. as scout boxes nice nice so every single one of, okay without saying it and saying it they just showed four <laughs> more boxes that are coming they really they say, like they're to saying that. coming soon to solar flare Mm-hmm. And then they have the other three pictured. They really like to do that. Uh, not, yeah. even, not even a joke. I thought it was just the Brian Silverbacks thing because he even <laughs> admits he does that. But, you know, 
Not even a joke, man. They, they, it's, it's, I love it. And this is why we follow everybody who's a scout creator on social media because you never know what they may tease. <laughs> Just saying. Yep. All right, man. Is there any other news? Or or accidentally post. Oh, yeah. Because that's happened, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's (laughs) definitely happened. They're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but I did it like a while back. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Anything else to talk about in the news? No, I think that covers all the news. All right. Let's let's take a small break right here, guys. And then when we come back, we're going to talk to none other than Brian Silverbacks. Are you ready, John? I'm always ready for Brian. It'll be entertaining, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell me about it, man. I do a live stream with him every single every Monday. Monday. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's usually just him talking. I think I'm just a springboard for him to talk talk a bunch of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll get into that with, him, with uh, Brian here right after the break. We'll see you guys later. All right, welcome back from the break. This is Joey Galvez, and we are here with Brian Silverbacks. What's going on, dude? What's up, man? I'm happy to be here. Long time no see. Uh, It has been about a week. (laughs) Yeah, it's been about a week. So anyway, dude, we have you on the show because obviously you've got you you had you just recently finished a Kickstarter, but you also have something coming up very soon. You have SB and Loggerhead coming up in December. Uh, Man, are you using SB so that we don't say the bad word so that we don't cuss words? Yeah. That's that's, right. that's why you probably should have addressed that when you're when you've got me on. You need to say, "Hey, Brian." No, you're good, man. It's just yeah. I've seen your I've seen your recent talks with about um uh the Cthulhu and Oz book, and I just say, uh, like, <laughs> and you also got something no coming holds out. barred. You got that coming out for you too, dude. You did you did some artwork in that book. Yeah, but when you when you're when you're a part of a project that that that's that big and expansive oh, yeah. and, and encompasses that many creators. I don't think there's anyone that can say like, like that's, that's less them and more just like the group of a people. Like yeah. you don't, you don't say go get this book because Iron Man's in it. You go say it's, they got the Avengers in it. So this, this uh, Cthulhu project is very, uh, a lot of people. So I don't think anyone can claim no, that. No, dude, you go get this book because Silverbacks is in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I am. I I do think that there's only, uh, I think there's only like three stories inside this book that are yeah. longer than ten pages. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I'm a ten pager guy. Yeah, yeah. dude. Well, I, I, not just that. If you uh, if you get your book and stake, you get a double sided print that has. Oh, your I did see that. Yeah, I, I didn't think that we were allowed to show that, and then I saw that David, who was the writer on the Pumpkinhead Jack portion of the cthulhu yeah. book he posted a picture of the pumpkin head jack that we had done as one of the 10 pages yeah and i don't i just i thought that 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 picture might have been a little spoilerific <laughs> like i i do see the appeal it's a it is a image, huge appeal yeah but yeah. i thought that might be a little spoilerific but i i mean it's not my call i just once I turned in the work like a year ago, I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. Well, I, I just I, thought it would have been used for more like, like I'd love to sell the original piece that, that it goes oh, with. Yeah, that. yeah, dude. right, yeah. I, I'm gonna claim that right now. No, and, <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway. no. So Star Bastard comes out. I think it's like the second week. Or star, oops, that's uh, yeah, fine. Starman. 
<laughs> no, you're good, man. You can you can do that. It's all good. It's just we have little okay. ones around, so we don't okay. do that. <laughs> so so the Star Bastard and Loggerhead project is uh supposed to hit in mid in mid December, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And yeah. I think there's going to be two standard covers, which is one is Loggerhead pointing the finger at Star Bastard and him yeah. going like, Hey, what's up, man? And then the the B cover for that is the uh wrestling the, yeah the wrestling event kind of old VHS uh copy of a of a cassette box. Yeah and I remember the wrestling one because yeah. I also brought up how I liked uh because I remember you I think you posted it where underneath it has like the card like the yeah. other matches the other fighters yeah, the and other I was matches. like I don't know I don't know if any of these are actually coming but these are definitely <laughs> I feel like throwouts of like <laughs> Like, like, hey, this would be cool. This would be cool, Scout. Yeah. This would be cool, Scout. <laughs> I, I threw those on there to, uh, like, no, nobody is outright named, but, like, there's one called Gross Ghost or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously that's supposed to be Gut Ghost. And yeah. then there was, like, so I tried to come up with little different plays on things yeah. just to make it, like, Easter eggy kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah. But there's no more, uh, they don't honestly lead to anything that I'm aware of. No, but it just felt like a cool because this one's coming, and so is you put Gut Ghost and Stabity Bunny. Well, yeah, because I knew that coming. when I did yeah. when I when I asked uh, the guys at Scout to if I could put this together, mm. they said, "Hey, man, that's a cool idea." And just so you know, we've already we're already doing that with Stabity and Gut Ghost, and this <laughs> was months and months and months and months ago yeah. that they had told me about it, and I was like, "Oh man!" So I'm not the first, but I'm 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 in that. I'm in that mm -hmm. first wave of people trying to uh, smash up a little, you know, do what's appealing yeah. about the big two. It's always fun to pick up a Spider-Man book and see that, you know, Captain America comes in and helps him with something. Yeah. And then the crossover appeal is something I thought was missing from the indie scene. So it's just a matter of reaching out to the creator of the other IP and seeing if you can make something work. And right. we were able to do that here. So we thought we thought when we were looking at that, we were talking to I forget who we were talking to, but we were like, dude, is he like is he predicting <laughs> something here? He's gotta be predicting something, or I, does he have I, some I inside information? You, I heard you guys talking about yeah. that, and I was like, Oh man, they're gonna be so let down when they feel <laughs> then they see it was just Brian just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> no dude i think you i think you got you're on to something there though man but you said use the word crossover and you've got a really cool book uh cover on a on a really cool book that just recently came out oh i did crossover. this is not a scout related thing no, but there not, is a but... comic book that came out called the crossover yeah oh and, yes and i was allowed to the guys at rad raptor in michigan yeah. asked me to do a cover for their for their version of that book and it it's been well received, so I'm yeah. I'm excited to get my first image cover on a Donny Cates project, which will see some eyeballs, and we'll just hope that this isn't the last time. It's it's got to be huge, man. How you how did that go, number one, and how do you feel about doing something like that that and that, that of that caliber? Well, I, I've wanted to spread my seed. <laughs> I've wanted to, I've wanted to like spread the love around and not just do just scout and, and Kickstarter stuff. But I mean, that all comes with networking and yeah. putting in the work and letting people see what you're doing. So it turns out they had another artist pegged to do their cover. And that artist was, 
was stumbling around and asked if they could get it digitally colored. And I was on their radar as yeah. somebody who could color. So they reached out to me and the initial reach out was, do you want to be involved with this crossover cover that we're doing? Uh -huh. And in my head, I just got asked to do a crossover cover. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then, and then like further into the conversation, he's like, yeah. So when our artist is done with it, do you uh, want him to send it to you? And, uh, uh, and then you color it. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> I was kind of hoping that you guys were asking me to do the cover. And I was like, I'll take whatever you get me, right? You know, yeah. whatever is whatever. Yeah. So they showed me the artwork that he was doing. I'm like, well, is he going to like ink this or this looks very unrefined. Yeah. And I don't know how we're going to move forward. And then they wrote me back and said that they had to let that artist go. And mm -hmm. would I be able to start from scratch and do something else? And then you're like, yes, because I already did it. And then I, <laughs> yes, I walked around very, uh, very proud I'm going to, that, that's the, not the term I want to use, but I was very strong like bull uh, <laughs> when, when that news came in. And uh, then we, like what, what sucked, what I didn't like about it is that I was going to have to do this entire cover digitally and I would not have an original to later sell down the road because yeah. it just made sense with all the different elements mm. and the fact that I need to be able to try to do so many different things for me comfortably. Yeah. I can only work digital to, to achieve the goal that was needed for this cup for this cover. Yeah. So uh, I, I got to ask you, and I don't think I've ever asked you this question. So you do things, uh, you do things a little, both of, of both realms, right? You do traditional and digital, right? So is there yeah, one that I you, work, I work in a hybrid method. I found, I found a way that works for me. Uh, drawing 11 by 17 for me, as I lay the paper down, it starts to get distorted and some of my perspective uh, and stuff starts okay. to come apart. But if I, if I digitally lay out my 11 by 17 paper inside of like Photoshop or Clip mm -hmm. Studio and kind of just make sure I have things roughly in the correct proportion, yeah. I'll print them out in reverse on my computer on an 11 by 17 piece of paper. And then I'll use that through my light box and kind of use that as my sketch to okay. keep everything where it's supposed to be. And then I'll ink on top of that. Then I'll take it and scan it back into the computer and clean up any, any mess ups that I had or add any extra stuff. That's just easier for me to do in the digital world. Yeah. And then I'll send it to coloring. That that's a really interesting way to do it. Uh, Cause uh, and do, is there, is there one that you prefer over the other? Do you prefer just digital or, or do you like this hybrid method that you got going on? I think the hybrid method is the only, it's the only way I've been able to find myself working most efficiently. Like when I try to do something 100% digital, I have uh, I don't have the smoothest hand movements and stuff. So my lines are very jaggy and not smooth. And then I, so I have to turn on the smoothing inside the program to help you keep a smoother line. Mm. But when doing that, you lose the control to make the small adjustments because the computer thinks that you're trying to create a smooth line. So if you try to do something smooth and then turn into like a little jaggy, it'll round all that out. Mm -hmm. And, and it just kind of anticipate. So with the level of assist I need for the big stuff, when it comes to doing the small stuff, I'd have to go in there and reset everything 
And it's just a lot of work to bounce back and forth that way. Yeah. So I, I, I think the setup I have now, which is digital, traditional, digital, for my line art seems to work the best. Awesome, man. So, so, uh, tell us a little bit about what's coming up. You, you got, you got SB and loggerhead, man. How, how cool yeah, was that so to be working on? I, I was just at like, so when I started dealing with, excuse me, when I started dealing with scout star bastard was one of the, uh, Closer to the big two that you kind of, when you looked at the cover, it kind of felt yeah. very Marvel, very DC, but except for he's flipping birds and stuff. <laughs> but it, it felt like something that I could get behind. And and then you start reading the character, and then I started reaching out to the to the uh, to the creator because I was going to do some variant covers for some of his stuff. So I just developed a a, a slight knowledge on the Star Bastard character and what Greaves and all the other guys mm -hmm. are like what their role is and it's entertaining and fun. And also Andrew is an awesome dude. Yeah. So that made everything a little bit mm -hmm. more easy. And then I was like, all right, once I was done with the first loggerhead project and it was in the can, I was like, well, let's just see if we can, uh, if somebody wants to bite and do a crossover. Mm -hmm. So my first thing was to talk to Andrew and he was like, yeah, dude, I can write it. It'll be fun. And now, and now here we are, you know, the pandemic happened in between all of this stuff. And, um, so now the, the star bastard title has kind of been a little bit left behind because I think around March or May, that was when the last issue came out. Yeah. And so it's been off the radar for about six months. And now yeah. loggerhead has been off the radar for about two or three months so now it's going to be these guys coming again. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that title. And so maybe it'll invigorate some uh, some backstory. Like maybe someone was like, oh, I forgot about Star Bastard. Or, oh, what's this big turtle guy fighting my favorite guy, Star Bastard? Like, what's this all about? So hopefully there's some crossover appeal to inject some interest in some of the back catalog that these characters have. Yeah. Plus, it's just fun to just like there's no super huge story. They're not saving the world. There, it's just like a hey, funny to meet you here. Let's go handle the business. Yeah, well, and I yeah. like that. Even though he wrote it, uh, Star Bastard is definitely your style. Like I feel personality wise, like I feel oh, like yeah. that's He's kind very, of your yeah, Star your Bastard book fits into the Brian Silverbacks, <laughs> uh, whatever character design things that would get me going. Like because talking to Andrew, uh. Lobo was a big Lobo was uh, a big part of his yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, character yeah. design and Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down on HBO. Yeah. Like, and I enjoy both of those main characters. Mm -hmm. And then he was using those to draw inspiration for the the for Greaves. Yeah. I was like, all right, there's no way I'm not gonna like this. I really much enjoy those other two things. Let's see what this is. And so it's just a natural fit. Yeah. If there's more Star Bastard and Loggerhead going forward, that'd be awesome. We yeah. just have to figure out where how how we plan it out. Cause I don't wanna I don't wanna sit back and not do any of the writing. 
And there you go. Look at that. The, you, you rang the bell on that one because this is a good one, man. You definitely <laughs> that was my need... time's up bell. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah, oh man, you got to do that too. <laughs> anyway, no, but you heard it was a wrestling bell. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, and, it's, and... Yeah, that means we need another round, another round of SB and loggerhead. That's what that meant. But no, dude, he, uh, yeah, you're right. It, uh, and I've talked to, to Andrew a few different times and he did say that, you know, that, uh, uh Lobo was one of the, the thoughts that, he, that he put into the, when he was creating uh, Star Bastard, and and he really wanted it to be that kind of feel. So, and and I don't know if you guys know, but he owns freaking the first appearance of Lobo. So he's got this character down, and he knows <laughs> what he wants when he's kind of putting this on the page. So I love that you said that. That's awesome, dude. I'm just saying that I have six slabbed first appearances of Lobo, Dang all you. signed by various creators and stuff like that there you so, go Dang, look at that i'm a lobo guy like yeah. don't let it don't let it fool you but i got i got some omega men number threes laying around here somewhere <laughs> and and what a great team up for you guys to both put uh, something into this where, yeah i wish we didn't live so far apart i mean between oh, yeah. atlanta and dubai oh. there is quite the distance <laughs> and there's also quite the time difference oh, yeah. for when it's like trying to put together this project and yeah. uh you know, as I'm going to, because it's exactly 12 hours difference. Yeah, yeah. So as I'm winding down my day, you know, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning and he's like, Hey man, I just took a break for lunch. These pages look great. And you're like, all, all right. right, cool, man. I'm off I, to bed. Yeah. Same here. It's like a, like a 15 to 19 hour difference for me. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Dude. When I was trying to get him onto the schedule, I had to like be, I had to like get him at a really late time there when it was really early there for him. Yeah. And, you know, with being in Dubai, he has some social restrictions as far as like streaming content and stuff like that. Their Mm -hmm. government really regulates how much bandwidth and video stuff you're allowed to do. So I was like, dude, that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a different world, man. And, and yeah, it's, we had a lot of fun. And then see what one thing about this loggerhead project is we didn't at that point, loggerhead had never spoken. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, so in the entire Loggerhead comic book, there was no speech for Loggerhead. And he had written in his, uh, the crossover that Loggerhead is going to have some lines. Oh, I love it. And so we were like, well, what do we do with this? <laughs> like, so he's asking me, he's like, I want to, ha-, he's like, can you help me find Loggerhead's voice? That, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what is Loggerhead's voice? I don't voice? know what it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I said he's not quite like Hulk Smash, but yeah. he's also not gonna be Tony Stark and you know, <laughs> yeah. you know with calipers and data resolutions and all that. Like it's mm-hmm. just completely different ways. So I used Swamp People as my example of how okay. I want how I think it should be like a He's educated in the ways of the swamp, but not as far as like educated in the ways of the schooling. Okay. Okay. So he's very smart, <laughs> yeah. but it can come across as less intelligent because mm. of the words or the way that he chooses to say things. Yeah. And so he can, he can come, it, it, it can sound a bit like, really, dude, come on, you're smarter than that. But I mean, honestly, he grew up you know, hunting and, and survival wise. So it was fun to have to try to put a voice to yeah. it. And then the letterer, uh, I forgot his first name. His last name is Jones, but the letterer uh, also gave loggerheads 
stuff, a special treatment that is really fun for me nice. to see that set apart from the rest of the dialogue so that when, as you read it, you'll understand that, oh, this sounds a little different than everybody yeah, else. Yeah. So, so do you think that he captured Loggerhead's voice the way you felt it would come well, through? We worked back and forth. Like he wrote some original dialogue uh-huh. for, for like placeholder dialogue. And then he was like, Brian, like, what do you think about this dialogue? Mm-hmm. So it was more of a back and forth when it actually came to the lines that Loggerhead was going to say. And then he pretty much had the behavior down for the, for the way that Loggerhead needed to behave. I didn't have to make any adjustments. But it yeah. and, and I really honestly didn't have to make any adjustments to the dialogue. It just I feel that the adjustments that we did agree on made it yeah. a, a better loggerhead character dialogue. So uh, that's awesome. How do, so how do you feel with, uh, you know, playing in, in somebody else's sandbox? Uh, I didn't get to do much playing like I think I think the true playing would be for me to write a story. With so I think honestly he got to do more playing okay. since he was the writer. Yeah, I think the writer's probably given more freedom than any than in that in that crossover situation. Mm-hmm. It's more the writer's thing. Yeah. So he would have got to play. I'm just I'm just happy that people want to play with my stuff. You know. <laughs> so the fact that he was willing to uh, undertake a loggerhead project and mm-hmm. he's willing to you know help me with some of the payments and stuff. So we we is truly a joint thing. But he could have easily said, you know what? Star Bastards are one and done, dude. I don't need to yeah. revisit old stuff. I'm moving forward. And who are you? Like, he, <laughs> it could have been that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. But instead, it turned out to be something very fun and something that uh, doesn't quite set a precedent for mm-hmm. Scout, but kind of opens the doorway to maybe if people, if the consumers ask for it, Scout oh, yeah. will start trying to put some of these together like within scout and try to team people up and get some cool new stuff. I don't know, but I'm just, the wall has been broken down. What net, what happens next is up to everybody else. Well, well this, this book is a book that I didn't know that I wanted, but now that I know (laughs) that it's out, I want it. Uh, super, but, but I gotta tell you though, every time that I talk to, to Andrew Clemson, he has nothing but good things to say about <laughs> you, dude. I, the, so, so you've made a really big impression on him and, and the I, way you work. So I admire Andrew and I, I, dude, he has put together a, a large amount of just great content. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why more people aren't aware of his stuff because oh, yeah, I'm aware. Not only do you have the star bastard stuff. But he did the Bet Noir on Kickstarter, and yeah. then he also did the um, which is coming he very also, soon. He's currently doing or just finished the Damsel in Distress. Yeah. Like if mm-hmm. you look at these projects, yeah, they're so polished and professional. Uh-huh. I'm sure they cost them an arm and a leg, but and not so. Not only that, but even the the team at Scout, like the people that are full time members of the Scout team recognize how talented andrew is and they're one they're they're like pretty soon it's going to be a matter of time before you know the big two come knocking or some big project comes knocking and he's like all right i don't have time for this little stuff anymore so it's just a matter of time before that happens but with them hyping him up to me and 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 telling Mm -hmm. me stuff i'm just i'm just ecstatic that he's willing to take all of that talent that he has 
and work on a yeah. giant turtle man that nobody really knows. Uh, you, you've also worked on a book that's going to be released very soon called Assassin and Son. You did a cover for that one, right? I did. I did. I So that comes out this month, the actual yeah. number one. We had to push forward on the – well, first off, before uh, Shad passed away, which is one of the writers and creators mm-hmm. of the comic book, I had I was a big wrestling fan and James at Scout knew that. Yeah. And I was like, and so he had let me look at it. He was like, first off, he wasn't sure that the quality of file was going to be printable. So he had me look at it as a, hey, is this gonna is this gonna work? Because it doesn't follow the traditional, you know, 300 DPI, whatever. Okay. And I looked at it and I was like, by the way, can I also try to get a cover for this project? Because not only do I like the project, but I'm a wrestling fan and I'd like to tie yeah. myself to wrestling projects as as much as possible. Yeah. And so I re and, and he was like, all right, well, I'll ask him. And then like nothing ever came of it. And then um and then Shad passed away in the accident in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh uh James reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, we want to do like a commemorative cover for the shadow. And I was like, Oh, I've got this cool idea. So I kind of just roughed out an idea of the two silhouettes with wings and stuff. And I sent it to him. I basically just Photoshopped a whole bunch of stuff and said, it would look something like this. Okay. And he sent that to uh, Shad's parents and Shad parents were blown away by what the final image could look like. And so James said, all right, let's do that. So a day later I finished up all the artwork and I sent it to them and they tried to have it come out as soon as possible to help mm-hmm. raise money because all of the proceeds went to uh, Shad, some foundation that Shad was a part of or helping his son or so, somehow it was in. Yeah. All the, all the, the funds family. were sent uh, directly to them. Were sent yeah. directly to the family. So, yeah. and they, so they, they wanted to push this cover out. So that's why the cover came out, you know, three months prior to the the actual number Mm -hmm. one coming out here in November was Mm -hmm. to capitalize, was to try to get as many um, uh, much funds raised as they could. And if you look on that cover, my signature is nowhere on the cover because I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want that to be a part of what the cover was trying to do. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I'll just, I mean, if those who know, know whatever, I'll do it. And I, and it, I did it. For, I didn't charge. There was no money. I didn't make any money. I yeah. just, I was like, yeah, dude, I want to be a part of it. So I did yeah. the cover. Yeah. I handed it off to James. He said, thank you. And here we are. The number one is coming out and you guys are going to really, if you Fine. haven't already read the story, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like a lot of people have compared it to uh, what is it? Wolf, lone wolf and cub. Uh, like one yeah. of those kind of stories where dad has one occupation that is less than awesome. Mm-hmm. And he's got a kid with him that is going to have to just out of necessity, learn the occupation as well. Yeah. And then they both like, so it's, it's, it's really fun. And I was, I'm just super proud to be a part of it. Yeah. It, it looks like a really good book. And I'm even interested. though it's yeah. under less than awesome circumstances. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. I, this is, this is definitely one of the books I've been waiting for. Cause mm-hmm. the whole story he had of like, just the book itself, uh, like it was like a 10 year process he took with, uh, Mark Capone and like writing it. It was at, uh, 
uh, a movie company already. And then he took it away from them because they kept like steering away from what he saw as the vision for it. Yeah. It's just got a great story with mm-hmm. it too. Of just yeah. like wanting to make like this passionate project. Yeah. I'm really happy. I'm really happy with the, the, the project. It's like even take me out of being involved. I'm happy that it found a home. And I'm happy that Scout got it because, as you know, David or uh, James is a big wrestling guy himself. And this project, like, I can only imagine how cool it was to sit down and talk comic books with a wrestler that you used to watch on TV and stuff like that. Like that whole interaction that James must have had. It it just, Mm -hmm. I could just put myself in that position and be like, yeah, Yeah, I would (laughs) freak out. Like, yeah. I freak out talking to people about the books they're making because to me it's <laughs> crazy. But to like sit down with like a wrestler and just be talking to them, I don't know. I'd probably be stumbling over my words every few seconds just being like, uh-uh. Yeah, it's weird. I catch myself off guard. Like it's happened to me a couple of times where I've been in a not convention environment, like mm-hmm. chilling with Jake the Snake Roberts and you know, oh, yeah. down at the at the uh food area inside of a hotel, like and, you know, hanging out with Kane Hodder all day and then <laughs> bu- exchanging uh, text messages with Buff Bagwell, like all oh, of yeah. these things that I've done. And I'm just like, is that really me? Like, I, I remember watching yeah. every all these guys on TV and being like, that's so cool, man. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's just I mean, dude, Jake the Snake Roberts, man. I mean, can we say that how 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 long that guy's been a part of pop culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to yeah. be and able still to is be- still is because yeah. he's yeah. now on uh, AEW. Yeah, so he's, he's got to do going. something about that hair, though. Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, either cut true. it all off or dye all of it. Don't yeah. just keep doing it patches like that. Yeah, he's but, he's, he's not willing to let that go yet. But, <laughs> but it, it's it's fun. So I try to use this opportunity that I have in comic books yeah. to also reach out into other areas of entertainment mm-hmm. where I've always. Mm-hmm have another you know additional passion for being mm-hmm. creative yeah uh you know i gotta say i'm actually surprised because i have seen your love for wrestling i am surprised you haven't had like a wrestling project yet well <laughs> it's funny that you say that He's got a character i i have a i have a well yeah yeah that's right the character i have a an affinity like i think i want to do horror right i want to make horror that doesn't feel uh it, i want to f- have it feel well written mm-hmm. So I want to pretend like I'm writing a Jason Voorhees or a Michael Myers story. And I want to write that and not have it feel like Jason goes to space or what, like (laughs) I want there to be more of a story. So I've created my own uh, horror character who is in fact a dead Lucha Libre wrestler and has the mask and comes back from hell and does all these things. And so there's going to be wrestling elements in it. And actually I spoke to James the other day. Uh, we're working on something else for a scout. Um, I was like, dude, what are we going to do about long live pro wrestling? Like I can, yeah. can I get, you want me yeah. to write something yeah. on that? Yeah. I, because I Push know him. that, I know that scout <laughs> is very busy and scout <laughs> is making a lot of changes yeah. and a, a, a large amount of those changes are probably resting on the shoulder of James. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to like I wanted to long live pro wrestling to like kind of continue, but I know that yes. with the amount of work he yeah. may have put that off to the side. So I said, "Hey man, what's going on with long live pro wrestling? I mean, do you want me to write something? Can I just let me know where you're going? I'll see if I can write and help you. I want to be a part of it." And he was like, "No man, 
So it turns out he has been quietly writing like the 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 bullet points to carry him over the yeah. the huge mm-hmm. story arc. So he actually has been putting in work that he has not talked about. So there mm-hmm. is more long live pro wrestling. Yeah, he's hinted slated. that to me too, and like how he's like, "There's more. There's more coming. I'm. I'm. It's there. It's just I'm taking my time with it because I got a lot on my plate. Because I message him probably every few or any chance I can get to comment on a post or when he's been <clears throat> in a live feed, I just message him like when they're like, "Do you have any questions for everybody that's here?" And my question is always <laughs> like, "Where's long live pro wrestling? How about that?" Yeah, and he's just like, so "All right, John, I've I know." Actually, so I talked to him. <laughs> And it's really cool the way that he's uh, he plans on moving the story forward mm-hmm. outside of the either it's issue zero or issue one that is the zero. Output. It's a zero. Yeah, it's zero. so it's really fun to, because I had a different kind of wrestling episodic thing in my head, and his is completely different. But I was like, I do want to do some wrestling stuff, but. Without having, I've even reached out to the guys, uh, the guy that does uh, Square Circle Comics out of Florida. He does all the life stories of some of the older guys. Mm -hmm. And right now he's got a Kickstarter going on for Gangrel. And I was like, oh "Oh, man, it'd be fun to do a Gangrel book. But he's done, you know, Bruno San Martino. And I just, just, I want to try to touch as many wrestling projects as I can. Mm. Yeah. Because that's just fun for me. And even reaching out to uh, uh, Michael Kingston, who oh, yeah, does yeah. Headlocked comics with Jerry Lawler as his artist. Like, so it's, it's, and that's Jerry the King Lawler yeah. does the covers of those books, man. What? So I'm, I'm trying my hardest to get somehow weaseled into a comic book wrestling project. If not, I'm just going to continue to do my own horror wrestling guy. Dude, I would, I would, I would be all over some Silverbacks wrestling books, dude. Yeah, uh, I. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on some stuff, but I mean, I've got a lot of <laughs> stuff going on, and even like I'm trying to create little muscle figures for Cara Prime, mm-hmm. and uh, a Lucha Libre mask, oh, Lucha Libre what? mask that John's gonna want to get. Yeah, uh, you didn't even tell yes, me about 100%. that, dude. You're keeping things because, well, like, me. for me, like especially with the character that you did, that's Lucha Libre, um. I love that because especially for Lucha Libre, like I have a passion for Lucha Libre. Yeah. So like for me, especially like now, some of the characters they have now, like they've always, Lucha Libre has always had their wrestlers who it's like their world is like, and like background story is oh, way like bigger true than Lucha like Libre, most Like some Nacho Libre yeah, yeah. stuff, like with the guys that go out <laughs> yeah. in public wearing suits, but they're still wearing their wearing mask, the mask and yeah. stuff. Like dude, yeah. in Mexico, like, that shit, it, that, yeah, I don't know if it still hardcore. is, but yeah. it is. No, it still is. It yeah. still it is, is. a very guarded, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like, kayfabe is real. Yeah, because, uh-huh. like, um, two of the biggest ones that are around right now in the world is um, Pentagon Jr. and uh I love uh, his Phoenix, makeup, man. I love when he comes yeah. out to the ring and he's but... got, like, the skull face on the bottom. and the. <laughs> so I'm actually using elements of his uh mask design as i'm trying to it's, get mine made so I'm, I'm, I'm in talks now so i'm gonna have like a a hero version that i keep for myself that's probably going to be pretty pricey mm. but i also want to make a consumer friendly version that is you know can fall underneath the 30 dollar mark for the consumer yeah. and i could still get a little money on it but 
I, I, I want I, I want my maker to make the, a, the the hero mask first, and then I'll say, all right, now let's let's make the 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 consumer friendly version yeah. and see how that looks. Mm-hmm. That's dope, dude. Because as you don't, you guys may not know, is that I've also I've got friends in film, so we're actually whenever I'm done with this Lucha Libre horror story, mm-hmm. a friend of mine is going to de- direct a trailer that will be in released in tandem to get people hyped for the comic book. So we'll actually have a physical version of this character doing like inside the trailer. Big things, man. You are, uh, you, I'm, I'm trying, man. You, you got I, big I'm things trying. going on, dude. Uh, dude, we could sit here and talk with you all day long because you got tons <laughs> yeah, and tons of stuff. Bastard and Loggerhead comes <laughs> out in December. Yeah, tell everybody. Be sure to get it. And then maybe just maybe, Four months later, you might get a little loggerhead. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We also have uh to throw that out there. We also have your variant cover coming out for the recount. Yeah, yeah, the recount comes out so next week. I did the uh, I did the uh, Scarface homage cover, yeah. which was the available B cover unlock cover, and uh, I think also next week or maybe the week after. I did a cover for Frank on the fa- Frank at home on the farm. What? Oh, and that's going to be a store exclusive to Epicos in Chattanooga. Nice. So it's not going to ah. be like it, it's not a scout. It's a store like official exclusive. variant. It's a store exclusive. But I did a cover for Frank at home on the farm that comes out this I month. I think I remember them mentioning that. You yeah. know what, dude? You are killing it on all this stuff. I know you are really hard on yourself, but I'm telling you, man, you're doing big things. You are on your way to do even bigger things. Like, uh, this is not a joke, bro. I'm trying, like, man. I appreciate the support. Doing, it's people yeah. like you guys that, like, just really not, aside from talent, I think you can almost identify with the drive and yeah. watch, watching yeah. things progress. And yeah. because I've been that way. I like watching people that I believe in their character or I believe in what they're doing and watching, <clears throat> excuse me, and watching them rise through the ranks of whatever it is they're involved with. Yeah. Yeah. Almost feeling like proud as if I had something to do with it. Like I went out and saw your movies when you were a nobody. And now look at you, you're the rock or whatever the case is. You know, I, I sat through, I still think the rundown is one of my favorite. No, the rundown movie. is the greatest rock movie. That is an amazing movie. That to me was so well We're done go on because another, another ten it was a <laughs> movie that did not rely on cussing and it was great <laughs> character development. And at yeah. that time, the rock had, you know, really recently just left wrestling. So like outside of the Scorpion King, he did like, this was it. And it turned out really, really good. Yeah. And it's more his character in that is more of his character that he is yeah. now too. And Sean like William Scott doesn't hurt. You know, Stifler's yeah. coming no. straight off of American Pie. Well, dude, let everybody know where they can find you uh, on social media, where they can find everything. Yeah, if you're interested, follow me on Instagram at Brian Silverbacks, or not Instagram, but on social media, all that stuff. Just Brian Silverbacks. That's Brian with a Y, Silver B A X. And then you can find me or go to silverbax.com and you can get um, my latest He-Man prints, my Mandalorian prints. Yeah. Uh, a digital copy of the Kara Prime handbook is now available online. Yeah. Yeah. You're also on TikTok now doing TikTok dances, right? I'm trying, man. I don't think I've got what it takes, but I'm, I'm trying to put something together to at least exist there. <laughs> yeah, I've man. got 22 followers. That's That's good. 
more than what I've got. What, what, uh, one of them's Joey. That so doesn't even count. And he I don't. And, and he doesn't even. He doesn't even follow me back, dude. Like, and I do. I a, only follow one person. <laughs> that's the Rock. And I and I and I do a weekly show with this guy, and he doesn't follow me back. Yeah, but I don't. I don't use TikTok like that. Like, I'm not no. on TikTok trying to explore or find new content. I yeah. go to TikTok much like Twitter. I go to TikTok. I make my video. I upload it. I leave. Yeah. Twitter. I post what I'm doing. I hashtag some shit. I leave. Like it's not like I don't spend time. Yeah. Like Instagram, I scroll through and I look at and I like things and I look at stuff. Mm-hmm. Facebook is the same way. So Facebook and Instagram are the ones where I get content, but all those other ones are where I give content. Yeah, I you know so different people have different preferences, dude. Like I I can't I I don't touch instagram that's why john is in charge of our instagram <laughs> and like i'll do i'll do twitter all day i'll do facebook all day but which is fine with me because i can't touch twitter <laughs> so and i understand that i understand how you're like well i just go and they leave that's it so all right man brian let everybody know where uh where they can find you every monday <laughs> Well, that's not shameless. Every Monday I do a podcast live on Facebook and shortly thereafter uploaded to the House of Indie podcast tree. Uh, I do a show called This Week in Geek with Joey Galvez, and he just sits there and nods his head as I talk about a whole bunch of cool stuff that goes on in the geek world. It's basically because you don't let me talk. <laughs> That's probably that. That is very true. Like I, 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 I'm just itching all week, and then I just explode with talk. <laughs> yeah, man. But maybe people like it. I don't know. Uh-huh. When they stop listening, we'll do the Joey Galvez with his sidekick Brian. <laughs> well. Oh, we're getting some pretty good numbers, man. We're we're getting just as much numbers as the regular show gets, so it's all good, man. Thanks for stopping by, Two Scout Geeks. We appreciate you, dude. Keep keep doing oh, what you're you doing, guys. bro. Keep doing what you're doing. No, you keep doing what you're doing because we're loving it. Yes, I will. All right, man. We'll see you later. Stay creative, John. Will you please see us out? And as always, Scout is what it's all about. Tell what it's all about